Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's a month of increase, just like every other month before this one. But it's a new level for us, you guys. It's a new level of glory. Hallelujah. I had several people say, why don't you take some time off, you know? Listen, all I ever did with my dad was hang out in the glory anyway. So this is what he'd want us to do. I mean, this is all we do is glory to glory to glory every day. It's marching as a militant army in Joel's army, just advancing the kingdom with more wine and more oil, more freedom, more abundant life, more revelation, more fresh hot bread, showering the Christians like the Israelites in the wilderness with manna, hidden manna, fresh bread every day, just drowning them. It's the most important thing to do. So we're just going to burn him up down in Mazatlan. He's closer to us in the ministry than ever before. I talked with him a couple times in the cloud. Everything's good. Jesus gave him a hug. Carry on into the greater glory. And it's all good. Thank you, Jesus, for this new season. Thank you, Jesus, for healing the tears in our souls. That's what God's doing today. There are tears and wounds in our souls and yesterday, we had a sign in wonder where a, a green star appeared that several people screenshotted during the live broadcast in my left hand. And I'd never seen anything like it in my entire life. It was completely crazy. You can't say that's just a, a camera fissure or some kind of lighting. We've been doing this for 11 years every day. We've never seen anything like that. We've seen flashes of light. We've seen angels all the time. We've never seen a green emerald star with points coming out of it that's the size, you know, of a whole orb. And it was just completely wild. And a few people were telling me that in the book of Tobit, it talks about when the archangel Raphael appears, it, it appears with an emerald star, an emerald glow. And I believe that's the healing, not just for our family, but for the whole family of humanity. The archangels deal with all the families of the seven mountains of all souls on planet Earth. I believe there's a healing movement coming forth now in a great awakening that is not just going to heal every sickness and disease, but it's going to completely reverse the curse. <laughs> when the archangels show up, it's the reverse of the curse. They don't do small stuff. They do big, nation-shaking stuff. And we've been seeing the big boys for years, but it's, you know, now they're getting revealed. It's one thing when it's, like we've been preaching for the last couple weeks, it's one thing when it's behind the scenes, because everybody can throw their opinions in every day, and they're, you know how opinionated everyone is. But it's another thing when all that stuff done in the secret place of the heart is revealed in the natural realm, it's game over for the enemy. It's game over for the naysayers, the critics, the doubters, the unbelievers. It's game over for carnal Christianity the prostitute of Babylon. It's game over for the principalities of this world. It's game over for death. You know? Healing, what does it heal? Heals you from death. There's young people that have death in them. And they're not old, they're not, they're not even at the place where their bodies start aging, but they still got a death spirit in them. We see it all the time. It's not about age. It's about spirits. It's about what's in your heart. It's about what your mind's entertaining. And if there's tares in your soul, you can entertain 200 million different spirits down here. The Bible says that in the terrestrial realm, you're dealing with 200 million demons. In the celestial realm, you're dealing with probably 200 million angels. 
Not good ones. <laughs> so you got terrestrial and you got celestial. And I was listening to some brothers that I highly respect the ministry, and they were saying it was Bob Jones. He's like, you gotta, you need a game plan to deal with the celestial realm. That's not something you just go up there and shake the heavens. You can't, you can't shake celestial bodies. You try, they'll kill you. You can shake terrestrial bodies, but you can't shake celestial bodies unless you have a, a group of people. It takes a remnant. It takes people fully set apart. Just like taking out Jezebel took Elijah, Elisha, Elisha's servant, the eunuchs, uh, Jehu, the horses, and the dogs. It took a whole combination to unlock that realm to trample the witch of Christianity underfoot. So it takes a whole company of people totally set apart to do this, and we have a whole company. We've been doing this thing for 20 years. We got a whole company of people. We got companies of people in almost every city in America and almost every city in the world. Been broadcasting 195 nations for 11 years. We've done Vice documentaries, been offered reality TV shows 12 different times, book deals, newspapers, radio shows in the biggest radio stations in Australia and USA. And I said no to almost all of it. Why? Because we want to do it in secret. You want to keep building up. I'm not selling out to Babylon stars. I'm not selling out to the principalities of the celestial bodies. I don't care about fame or money. We could, we've could. we been offered that on a silver platter for 10 years straight every week. We don't care. We care about the kingdom of heaven. We care about the archangels. We care about the will of our Father done on earth. And they still accuse us of all that stuff anyway, even though we've passed every test that's ever been thrown at us. Now that all that's going to happen is people getting so brainwashed through their brains, which is your souls, that no one can even disagree with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ anymore. That's what extraordinary favor, Acts chapter 10, verse 11, it talks about Joseph, where he had extraordinary favor in Egypt, something like that, maybe it's 7, 10. In the book of Acts, it talks about when Joseph was in Egypt, what it took to raise him from the pit, and the prison of man's opinion to the palace of God's promotion was extraordinary favor. The extraordinary favor of Joseph is for those that have been the most mistreated while they've been working in the hidden place of the heart. When you've been just developing the intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit inside your spirit, and it's just getting enriched, you're putting the Word in every day, people can't see your intimate time, they're just judging you externally, you look like you're drunk, you look like you're high, and you're just in the Garden of Eden walking with the Father in the coolness of the day for decades, and people have no idea in their carnal, unrenewed mind what's going on, and you just keep walking anyway. Like Nehemiah building the wall of intimacy around your heart. You don't care what the, you know, the people are throwing at you. All of the little stones, the accusations, all the opinions, all the hatred. People just come around to be an irritation. Why? Because these are the days of Noah. Animals are going to be animals. Flesh is going to be flesh. Flesh has always been influenced by Satan and his angels and the serpent in the garden. The only way you're not influenced by demons in the terrestrial realm is if you're fully set apart from the flesh, from the carnal mind, in the mind of Christ, which is the river of life. Controlled not by the natural senses, the five physical senses. Abraham killed the five kings, the five natural senses, and then met God face to face and partook of the new covenant of the bread and wine of the priesthood of Melchizedek. Amen? Amen. In the Bible. He had to kill the five kings of his natural senses to actually reject the natural realm built by Satan and his angels to have an inheritance in the glory realm built by the Holy Spirit and the angels. 
built by God the Father as well. There's been building going on since Adam and Eve. That's why you got genealogies in the Bible. You got the seed of the woman that crushes the serpent underfoot, the Messiah, and then you got the seed line of Cain, the wicked one, the son of the devil, and all the religious people, all those that are prideful in their brain. And those two seed lines are the maturity of the times now as we enter the seventh day. It's been about 6,000 years since the curse of the fall, for a day is as a thousand years. And time started at the fall, so before that it was eternity, so whether you got old earth, new earth, makes no difference, because time started at the fall. Adam and Eve lived in eternity, in the glory, and they stepped out of the glory into time. Amen. And God's got a timeline. Listen, people say that time belongs to the devil. Time belongs to God. He restores the times. He restores all things. This day of the Lord, even if you've wasted most of your life on religion or rebellion, if you step into the glory, He restores all things and He restores the time. The glory is your greatest friend. People get, people get scared of the glory because it burns up all your sin. People, and it burns up everything that makes you complacent, everything of idolatry. It burns up death. It burns up everything that belongs to Satan and his angels. And we just get shocked of how much stuff is actually in our heart every day that belongs to Satan and his angels. Certainly not that thing. That's the good stuff that I value. Spent $100,000 on that in Bible college. You want to take that away? Heidi Baker said when she was at Toronto, the first thing God did was take away her doctorate in divinity. She just spent like 200 grand getting her doctorate in divinity in London, England at King's College Theological Cemetery in Toronto. The first thing, she's paralyzed for a week, had to be carried to go to the bathroom. She said the first thing God did when she entered the glory was took away her doctorate in divinity. You think you're going to be dignified in the glory? You got another, another thing coming. You're going to get so undone from your brain that people will think you're high and drunk all the time. What they call Jesus Christ? a drunkard and a glutton. The pharisaical carnal mind of the religious devil in the brain cannot understand the things of God. It accuses it of being a drunkard and a glutton because you're having fun with the Father. Religion doesn't have fun with the Father. Walk with the Father in the coolness of the day. Have fun with Dad. That's what it's all about. Restoring your spirit and your brain. Renewing your mind to fun in the glory. Freedom in the glory abundant life and prosperity and healing in the glory. It's called original design. <laughs> People are like, well, my flesh is the image of God. You could not be more opposite. <laughs> your spirit is the image of God. Your spirit is buried inside your soul. So unless you feed your spirit, your spirit will never come outside your soul and you'll never bear the image of God. That's why they're so carnal and they're so at envy and strife, and they got all the Galatians 5 bad fruit. We deal with bad fruit nonstop. We want good fruit and fruit that lasts. And that only comes out of the human spirit with intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and putting the Word in your spirit. Not for the flesh, your brain is the flesh, but for your spirit. Holiness means being set apart from the brain, from the flesh. The only flesh the New Testament talks about is brain matter. It's the only place that Satan and his angels have ever influenced you, in the brain. That's what the curse of the fall is, is living a life according to the brain instead of a life according to the spirit. Truth anyhow. And so we develop our spirit, we get nourished in our spirit, we build up our spirit, praying always in the Holy Spirit, and we renew our brain to submit and be a good servant and slave to Christ in our spirit, called the river of life. Where's the Trinity? Revelation 22, verse 1. The throne of God, 
the throne of the Lamb, and the river of life crystal clear that sparkles. Where are they? Colossians 2.10. They're in you, made full of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and reaching full spiritual stature. They're not outside you. They're inside your spirit. And when you renew your mind, they come up out of you and manifest through you. And that's how you get the name of God and the name of the Son of God and the name of the New Jerusalem written on your forehead. The Overcomer's Gifts, Revelation 2 and 3. The most important one is your head having the name of God on it and the name of the Son of God on it and the name of the New Jerusalem on it. Because then you're fully sealed in the third heaven, in the glory. And when you're pickled in the glory, you have a glorified personality. And you're the most wonderful person to constantly be around. Everyone's soul around you will drink off of you. Because your mind is fully renewed when the name of God and the name of the Son of God and the name of the New Jerusalem is written on your head. Amen? Nine gifts of the overcomers. That's the most important one. You also sit on the white throne. Hey, glory. You also have an iron scepter. You have a morning star. So you're the light of the world. Which means that you remove all the false light of religion out of everyone's brain. Amen? So you can't tell people do's and don'ts. You just shine through them and they start cruising in the glory. They go on autopilot. You give them a drink of the glory and there's rivers beaming through them. You don't even have to tell them what to do. They just get carried away in the spirit. Do and don't Christianity is demonic. Putting rules and regulations on people's brains is satanic. The Bible says that grace fulfills the law. If you're into do's and don'ts, don't taste that, don't touch that, here a little, there a little, you're still serving the law of Moses. You're still serving something that's been fulfilled for 2,000 years. The truth is, you're still serving the fallen angels. You're still serving celestial bodies and principalities and powers, thrones and dominions of wickedness. The only way you don't serve all that darkness is if you are in the spirit of grace and the throne of grace, especially when you come to a place of realizing that the throne of grace is in you. Colossians 1.27 Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. In Greek it says realizing the glory, which means the hope that your brain comes out of the Galatians 3.1 external bewitchment of Colossians 2, that there's something outside there, that God's flight flying around outer space and Mars and Saturn somewhere, and that's where heaven... Heaven's not outside you. Heaven's inside you. Christ inside you. That's the number one revelation to wake up the nation. That's what it means to be coming out of the principality of Jezebel's witchcraft. Witchcraft bewitches you so that having begun in your spirit, you try to finish in your brain, your flesh. That's what the Bible says. Galatians 1, 1 through 3. Having begun in your belly in the river, because you can only get saved by drinking the river, receiving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the river of life. So then we leave the river and we try to do stuff in our brain. It's called Egypt, building pyramids. And we'll have people go actually, we call them intercessors, into the river and carry cups of the river back to our little pyramids and call it church. That's not church. We're, we're of the church of the firstborn in heaven. And I looked and I saw no church there, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its church. That's what the Bible says. The word temple means church or building made by human hands, Acts 7.48. Hallelujah. So you come into a place of open Eden paradise and true biblical Christianity. And without the watered down stuff, 
for people pleasing on the pews. The Nicolaitan stuff. The separation from clergy and laity. Just keep them real dumb. Keep them carnal. Don't give them too much revelation. Don't let them be more powerful than the pulpit. We'll kick them out of the church. How about we build up the body to be a mighty army to take the seven mountains and dissolve everything in the universe with the mountain of the anointing oil of unquenchable fire. Isaiah chapter 2. And the mountain of the Lord shall rise. Where? Out of your bellies. As chief of all the mountains. What mountains? Revelation 7 mountains, which are of the flesh. That's all that man has done in participation with the seven principalities of Satan and his angels in the universe. That's what the seven mountains are. That's what the horror of Babylon is. That's what Revelation is talking about with Babylon the Great. All of that stuff done in the natural realm, all of it will be completely taken over by those who have built up their spirit unto full spiritual stature, that know him fully on the inside, that have all the fruitfulness of Galatians 5. The nine fruits of the Holy Spirit of Galatians 5, by continuously bearing fruit, staying attached to the vine. John 15, you stay attached to the vine, and then you bear fruit that lasts. Those nine gifts of the Spirit in Galatians 5 turn into the nine overcomers' gifts of Revelation 2 and 3. That's how you overcome fruitfulness out of your spirit. And everything in the natural dimension will come with knowledge of good and appearance of good to shut down the actual fruitfulness of your spirit so that you can get into self-righteousness of the brain. That's how Christians have limited the Garden of Eden growth inside their own spirit. You're, you're a seed planted in the Garden of Eden. The Bible actually says that you're a planting of the Lord in the Garden of His delight. That you were planted in the Father's garden, but we never really grew up that much. And the more you grow up in Eden, the third heaven glory of the Father in you that does the works, the more you grow up in intimacy with the Father, walk with the Father in the internal hidden person of the heart, the more fruit that you have through your brain, the more branches are coming out. I see all men as trees. Well, what wrong dimension? Let me pray for this blind guy again. And now, okay, now you're all healed and stuff. And now you're in the natural dimension. But for a while, he was in the spirit dimension and he saw all men as trees. I wonder how many of those trees had good fruit on it. Probably not too many since the spirit hadn't been poured out. Hallelujah. (laughs) Going around cursing fig trees. How many of y'all know that's man's covering? Yep. And that tree shriveled up and died instantly. Because there is no fruit on it. There's no fruit in man's religion, man's ability, even our Christian ability, and everything we're capable of doing in our brains with the Bible. Even if we pray in tongues for two hours a day, we fast, a 40-day fast every year. If we're still operating out of the brain, it's dead works, strange fire, 100% of the time. It's all about the river. Anytime we come out of the river, and then there's measures in the river, we get into strange fire. So you can go ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, shoulder deep, and then I came to a point in the river that no man could cross, Ezekiel 47. That's where most of us are. (laughs) Hallelujah. I know there's people at every level, and there's people not even in the river, and there's people just skeptical. But the leaders, I'm just dealing with leaders. We get 300 people underwater, listen this whole world be drowned instantly. It doesn't take everyone in agreement. It takes just Noah, a preacher of righteousness, raising a standard and drowning the world. It takes a small company of people. Every revival there's ever been 
has just been a few people that pressed into a deeper realm of glory and flooded. And there was an outpouring with the glory. It was, it was never about numbers, not initially. It was always about quality of intimacy. It was always about the new wine. There's never been a single revival outside of the wine in history for 6,000 years. The wine is his intoxicating presence, his drunken glory. Acts chapter 2, we're not drunk as you suppose. These men are drunk on new wine. That's actually 100% accurate prophecy. That was the new wine of Joel. It actually says new wine like 25 times in the Bible. New wine, new wine, new wine. That was the Garden of Eden's wine that Jesus Christ was pouring out in perfect love towards his church, 120 in the upper room. And it wasn't supposed to die out there. They were supposed to intoxicate the earth. Psalm says the Lord visited the earth and intoxicated it. Intoxicate its valleys. The valleys are the places of oppression of the celestial principalities, especially of the Christians that have been living in a much lower state of being than they were created to live in. Because we're often so lied to in our brains by religious spirits, we don't even know who we are in Christ, that we're royalty. Kings and priests, Revelation chapter 1, the foundation of the new covenant. To the kings and priests of earth, that's who the book of Revelation is addressed to. To the kings and priests. If you don't see yourself as a king and a priest and royalty, you're bewitched and Satan still has your birthright. It's false humility. You are a king, you are a priest, you have a birthright, God's got a plan for your life, and it's in the celestial realm, and not the terrestrial realm. We can do stuff in the natural realm and call it God, but it's not God. (laughs) What God does is work in the Spirit, and He often does it in such humility that He clothes it with the natural man so that people will misunderstand it. He allowed every single anointed person from Genesis to Revelation to be continuously persecuted, continuously misunderstood, and continuously attacked by religious people with not one exception of a single anointed person in the Bible. Why does He do it? So it challenges the natural man to sacrifice the curse of the fall to go into the tree of life, to go into the glory of God through the blood of Jesus. It challenges people to actually repent and change their minds to reject Satan and his angels and his system in the world to come into the kingdom of heaven. Otherwise, there'd be no repentance. There'd be no changing. Everyone can just kumbaya and everyone's saved and universalism, Jesus died in vain. But we actually need to repent. We actually have to change our inner man, our hidden person, to agree with the Word, to agree with God the Father, and to be controlled and completely possessed by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and no other spirit, for and no more. Amen? You have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in you, and no other spirit in you, for and no more. Glory to God. Where is that written? Colossians 2.10 You are made full of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and you have reached full spiritual stature. Now your brain is very dull. Mine too. My brain often takes, I mean, there's visions I saw in Teen Challenge 20 years ago that I'm just understanding now 20 years later. The brain is so dull. It's just flesh. I mean, it's part of this universe. So if you expect something of this creation, this fallen creation, to understand a perfect creation of the third heaven while you've been born and raised in flesh and blood in the second heaven in the dust of the earth, I mean, it's going to take you sometimes years to understand visions and unfold dreams and just the revelations of everything that's happened in your life. And the more and more you sacrifice the ability of this universe in your brain to figure it out, and just trust and walk by faith, not by sight in your spirit, 
the more and the faster the seven spirits of God will renew your mind to fully understand what God the Father is doing. And then you can walk with him as a friend and he'll talk to you in the spirit. He'll talk to you in the hidden person of the heart. You'll have not unbroken fellowship and union with God in your heart all the time. And it'll just break off every hindrance, the little foxes that are spoiling the vineyards. Amen. And then that's how you begin to walk in the natural realm, fully healed in the glory realm in your heart, through your souls. And your soul and your brain is the superconductor of that realm into the natural realm, transfigured by the renewing of the mind, not by the removing of the mind. You do need your brain, that your brain is the connection to the terrestrial plane. So you have the third heaven in your spirit, the Godhead in your spirit, and you renew your brain by faith every day, trusting your spirit over your five physical senses. I die daily. What is he dying daily to? His natural sense and reason, curse of the fall nature. His natural man to live as a spirit man. Every day, the Apostle Paul says, he died daily. That's how he kept growing in the glory. I doubt my eyes. I doubt my ears. I doubt my taste buds, my nostrils. I doubt my physical senses. That's what it means to die daily. And I live to the glory of my spirit. I know God's on the throne in my spirit. I know the word of God's true in my spirit. I know everything is fulfilled, the promises. I can't always understand it, but I can trust it. And then as you begin to trust and you grow in trust and you grow in faith, your mind gets renewed. Revelation 5, 6, and then you got seven eyes and seven horns, which is a perfect transfigured mind coming out of your soul so that you do understand all God's ways and you know his thoughts. It's not always blind faith. It's blind faith, faith when you're infants in Christ, but then you grow up in the seven eyes and the seven horns of the seven spirits of God, God's sevenfold Holy Spirit through your whole heart and your brain, and now you're walking this earth like sons of God. He's the firstborn of many. Amen. And he's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. That's what the Bible teaches. Amen. The manifest sons of God are here and manifesting. And they're shaking the celestial bodies because God's game plan, going back to the beginning, God's game plan to take out these principalities is called the sons of God. It's been unfolding for the last 20, 30, and 40 years. And they grew up inside bodies, and they grew up in the spirit inside their bodies, and they've been messing with everything in society for the last 20, 30, and 40 years. It's an ever-increasing parousia, the second coming of Christ. He's going to fully demonstrate everything of His power, authority, dominion, might, wisdom of the ages, healing power of every sickness and disease, completely for everyone that wants it before it's sealed and the foolish virgins are out. So I believe this is a window of opportunity of never-ending revival for those that get sealed in the glory because you'll be in the glory where there's never-ending revival in the glory. But those that reject the glory, reject the manifesting sons of God, reject all the mature things of Christ for everyone to grow up in that are written about in the New Testament, well, a lot of people harden their hearts. That's the main reaction we've seen in 13 years of full-time ministry. Very few people are just like, oh yeah, I've been praying for this. This is an answer to my prayer. They're like, oh, anything but that. Most of them are like, any, because it actually costs you your human nature. The new wine slays the beast, the human nature. Proverbs 9.1, wisdom has killed her beasts. It's the mark of the beast that wisdom kills. Wisdom has mixed her wine and she kills her beast. Who wants to uh, die to this world, to die to the natural realm? 
I have so much going on for me. How dare I even be threatened to sacrifice my education and everything I think I know because I'm smarter than Jesus the Creator. All this stuff in her has all the pride of Cain, all the pride of Leviathan that we're filled with. It all has to be slain by wisdom's wine. Amen. That's the only way that we live inside the palace that wisdom builds. This revival will be 100% inside wisdom's palace. Only by wisdom building her seven pillars and the manifesting sons of God will you have a canopy and dome of glory of revival in cities and nations right now. It is by men and women that have sacrificed everything continuously to practice righteousness internally to bring it externally as a covering of the glory of God. Isaiah 4, 6, And the love of God will be a canopy and a dome and a refuge from the scorching heat so they can't be touched by Satan and his angels. Any place there's a manifesting Son of God, any place where the seven spirits of God have been developed through a human heart fully slain to manifest wisdom's palace. Those are the refuge cities, the Goshens of the earth. Those are the revival cities. I believe it's going to break out all over America, a hundred different cities in America, and a thousand cities worldwide as the sons of God continue to grow and manifest everything that God has already placed inside their spirits. In the name of Jesus Christ, partner with Redler Ministries, donate to RedlerMin.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.